John chapter 9. I'm glad God is yet in control and always will be, and his word shall not fail, his plan shall not fail. We also be his disciples, that wonderful little statement made by the blind man. Also, we might subtitle it, when unbelief investigates a miracle. When unbelief investigates a miracle. Shall we finish the rest of the text, and then we will pray. John chapter 9, I'm starting at about verse 35. That Jesus heard that he had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he? Lord, that I might believe on him. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see might not, might not, see not, might see. Let's try it again. That they which see might, see not, might see, and they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now that ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. No other questions there, by the way. May the Lord's blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, before we uh, even have our sermon today, forgive me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit. May a spirit of, of arrogance or pride never be a part of us, part of me. Lord, we look at this and we say, well, well-deserved end for these people, but Lord, they are, they are sinners. I'm a sinner as well. Saved by marvelous grace, yes. But Lord, may we never look at Scripture like this and have a condescending, well, we know a lot better than you. Well, we have the privilege of Scripture. We have the privilege of a word. And most of us have received you as our own personal Savior. So Lord, may we have a heart of compassion as Jesus did for the lost, even those who are adamantly disagreeing with us. May we pray for them. So Lord, be with our nation. I pray that you'd heal our nation. There'd be a, 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 a wave of repentance it's not about a political party. It's not about a singular person. It's about Jesus. That's who it's about. It's about Jesus is the answer. He truly is. And it's a surrender of ourselves. It's a submission. It is a, a letting go of our egos and our self-pride. Lord, I pray that we'd have preachers across America who would be clear on sin, what the Bible says. May we not compromise with the culture. There's so much, such a large push, even among fundamental-type churches, to to acquiesce to the demands of the culture regarding different things. May we hold fast to your word. Lord, be with our time together today. What a marvelous story it is. Help me to say nothing amiss. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We talked about last time the teaching moment. It's not because, well, back over in verse 3, if you want to single out a singular verse, Jesus said, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, that, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. There's a tremendous miracle in verse 7. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. There is a tragic motivation we see in verse 14 because it was on the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes, and there was a day, and there was a determination. They were determined to not believe, and we find that the parents, his own parents, if you want to say, we call it today, threw him under the bus and would not validate that he was, well, yes, he's our son, but, but we just don't know, er, lie, they know. If they didn't know that Jesus healed him, why are they so frightened about them finding out and being cast out of the synagogue, which, by the way, I would tell you, is casting excommunication was a very serious thing to the Jewish person at that point in time. But they allowed the pressures of their day, the pressures of the religious leaders, to make a poor choice. 
you and I are right there. One of the largest the largest Protestant denomination met in June, and there is a, such a divisive attitude regarding those who want to hold the line of what the Bible says, and those who say, "Well, let's pray about this for a year." One of the large churches they wanted to kick them out of the denomination. Well, we're going to come back instead of following God's what their own thing says. They said, well, we're going to pray about another year and see what we should. The answer is already in God's word. There was no really need to pray about it. And yet they did not want to remove a Saddleback Church from the Southern Baptist Convention. And so just to say it plainly, if you don't know what we're talking about, there we are. And so it's a denomination that our, our stamp, biblical, uh, what we use as, as our own biblical, or what do we call it, our own statement of faith, would write in line with that denomination. We would be right in the same line with that. And yet they did not. It's because of the pressure of the culture. Well, we, the, the Bible didn't know we're going to be under that pressure. Well, the Bible knew. God's word has not changed before even mankind was even, the world was made. It was in the mind of God, the heart of God, the word of God. And so don't give me the cultural bit. It was a big deal. And I get a little plaque, one of the ladies at our, where I work says, I'm kind of a big deal. It was kind of a big deal to be cast out of the synagogue. Matter of fact, it was life-changing. So that was the day, the determination, and that was the review from last time. Deliberation in 24, then they called again the man that was blind and said unto him, Now, what are they hoping for? They're hoping for a different answer. We're going to try to go through this. Let's go through this one more time and see if we can't get a better answer. Well, he's going to give the same answer. Give God the praise. Now, you see, this is come something that's not... They're trying to get around Jesus. Give God the praise. Something wonderful has happened. Give Jehovah praise. But just don't say it was Jesus that did the healing. What they wanted the formerly blind man was to glorify God, but no credit to Jesus. Because why? Because they say Jesus is a, a sinner. They say he's a sinner. So how could he possibly heal a man that was born blind? No matter what Jesus did, no matter what Jesus said, no matter how much proof was written, they were determined that, no, he's a sinner, he can't be from God, and so that's our premise, that's our presupposition, so we've got to go from that, so we know it can't be Jesus that healed him, so perhaps God healed him. Brother, can I just say that Jesus is God? And that's what he is. He always has been, always will be. And if you have something other than Jesus being God, you're not saved. I'll just say it plainly. You must. Jesus is God. Without Jesus being God, you have no Savior. It is clear as crystal from Scripture. Oh, we know that this man is a sinner. The word no there is the same word they use in 920 where the parents said in 920, uh, we know that this is our son. The same word, we know this is our son. The Pharisees used it here as an arrogant claim to absolute knowledge. We know that Jesus is a sinner. Well, they don't know much. I will tell you. I just listened this past week. You may have heard the same way. Uh, a UC Berkeley professor told a U.S. senator that he was transphobic simply because he dared to believe that it was only women that could have naturally have children and give birth. And he, he said, you are transphobic. And it was Clay Travis who was commenting. He said that person is a hundred times or thinks she's a hundred times smarter than she really is. And so, listen, there's a basic belief. Ontology trumps your ideology every time. God has said. Now, just, uh, just, now just to, to prepare you, I'm going to say this carefully, but only women can naturally have birth. There have been actually 20 surgeries where a, a 
a part of the lady's anatomy has been implanted into another lady and actually were able to give birth because of that. I can see down the road a man having that anatomy put into them and then by C-section having somehow, by some convoluted reason, a man... He didn't do it naturally, though. Can I just tell you that? So when this time comes, you say, Pastor, that will never... Listen, don't ever say never in our culture again. God never fails, I'll say that. God never makes a mistake, and God is always right. So don't say never, but don't say never about our, our culture. They're determined, determined. I like what Pink says. The shameless inquisitors pretended that during his, the healed man's absence from the council... When they were talking to his parents, they had discovered something to the utter discredit of the Lord Jesus. So they brought him back in. Now, let's go through this. Let's rehearse it again. And he answered and said in 25, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know, where, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Clear, clear, it's just clear. It, 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 I don't know for sure who he is. And he didn't know at that time, a prophet. But he didn't know for sure he was who it was, for sure. I like what Job said, for I know that my redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. The blind man refuses to discuss the question of whether or not Jesus is a sinner. He can be quite sure that he has his own views on that. No man who was not of God could have done those things. I think he realizes already it had to be someone special to do this. Not of God, you can't do it. But what I know is this. Whereas I was blind, now I see. Whereas I was blind, now I see. I know this, that a nine-month-old cat is a hundred times, well, I won't say a hundred, I know it's a whole lot more energetic than a 16-year-old, 15-year-old grouchy cat. This one's like a lot more energetic. And this one's like... I know those things. I've learned those things, just reminded of those things in the last nine months. This is the testimony, though, echoed by millions down through the centuries, whereas I was blind. Now I see we've had so many people probably, and I know it's, uh, it's not Becky's favorite song, but Amazing Grace. How many people have, have sung that? Now, she likes the song, just puts her to sleep. But how many people, and they have no idea. I once was blind. Oh, what does that mean? Well, I, I guess it means that a person didn't have natural eyesight and, and then somehow God healed them. That's not what it means at all. Do you even know who wrote that, John Newton? Do you even know who? Did you know what, what he was before God's? He was the worst of the worst. He was a slave trader. I wonder how many people know that was written by a slave trader without even being able to sing that song. He was a slave trader that got marvelously saved. You want the answer, culture? It's God that changes the life from the inside out. But they sing, I once was blind, but now I see. Do you really see? Can you really sing that song honestly? We sing songs all the time. I wonder if we sing them honestly in our own church. The song we sang this morning, Here I am, Lord, here is it I. That's a challenging song. Are, are you willing to say, as Samuel, here am I, send me, whatever he wants me to do? Once I was blind. But they're going to find out, not only, he's going to not only do that, I, I see, but he's going to go a little further. He's a little bit of an independent, fiercely independent, we might say, <clears throat> character, truly priceless in 26. And they said unto him again, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered and said, I have told you already. And he did not hear. 
Wherefore, would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Oh, I made them. I can just see her. ground, ground, grind, grind their teeth. I can just see. Oh, they kept needling to the point of who and how by making clay on the Sabbath. Jesus had done a wonderful work, broken the Sabbath, but the man was losing patience. He was not intimidated. Do you not know what kind of robes were? Haven't you seen these glory? No, I haven't seen those glorious robes before because I've been blind until today. So what, those robes and all those tassels hanging down there getting dirty? I didn't know what they meant. I've never seen them before. I can tell you this. I was blind. Now I can see. I can see. I've told you already to not hear. Wherefore, would you hear it again? Well, they don't want to hear that again. I can tell you that much. A little sarcasm. Will you also be his disciples? He knew his questioners had no intentions of becoming disciples. It was also a Mark's advance of the, a man's understanding of his advancing his understanding of Jesus is coming along twenty eight, and they reviled him and said, "Thou art his disciple, not quite yet, but soon to come." But we are Moses' disciples. Oh my goodness, we trumped this person, Jesus, because we believe what Moses said. Revile means to rail at. Peter said of Christ, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. To revile, to rail, is the, is the answer to all those who are defeated in a debate or have no true legs to stand on. They cannot support their position, so what do they resort to? Loudness, megaphones, intimidation, cancel culture, shutting you down. We're not going to listen to you. We're not listening to you. We're not listening to you. But it's the truth. We don't care. We don't want them the truth. And we're going to intimidate you until you come around to our place. Or we're going to, matter of fact, if you don't come around, we just may take further steps. Take further steps. I mean, we don't like what you say. Well, we're just, we're just may end your life. That wouldn't happen. It's already happened a couple of months, last month, when the Kavanaugh had an attempted assassination attempt on a justice because they made a decision someone did not want. Made. Matthew Henry says this, The method commonly taken by unreasonable man is to make out with railing what is wanting in truth and reason. If we, if we don't want to hear the truth, so we're going to shout louder than you, and you're going to have to listen to us, and we just, we're just going to scream it so loud, and we're going to tell you so often. Has it not worked with evolution? Our world has been told so often, so often, so often. Well, evolution is based upon evolution. Do you ever, you ever look at the news? Every new, it's, well, evolutionary mindset. Well, a billion, a million, five billion, 360, I don't know, whatever. Uh, well, the, listen, there's but one accurate, one accurate answer to the creation of man. And I'm going to stop for just a moment because I thought this was so important. This is the centerpiece of our church, God and his word. Why would I say that? Because if I simply closed my Bible and started telling you all about what I like about gardening, you'd last maybe five minutes when I get to the cats. You may last two minutes when I get to that. And when I get to uh, Diet Mountain Dew, you may go out in five seconds. And I'm done coming here because all he's going to do is rant and rail on his little hobby horses. So why come to this church? Because it's only what Tim says. And my words is good. And by the way, your word is, is as good, as important as mine. But it's not as important as this. Do you understand? If not for this, we might as well cut, pack it up and go home. Or have a social club where everybody gets five minutes to tell what they're going on in their week. This is what makes the difference. So when we say 
God says, that's the authority that we have as a church. When you take that out, when you take it out, you might as well not even have the church. Because this is, we're just going to hear you talk about all the things that you like or don't like or what you think about this. I don't give a hoot about what you think about so many things. But I do give a very important understanding of what God says about things. You, you see that? You understand it's why we have the church? Because that's why when I open God's, this is, this is it. This is what we're here for. We're not here for my stories and make you laugh. And I, a lot of, I know, I try to make you laugh. Sometimes you're like, oh, brother, getting that thing out again with the cats again. We've heard about those cats. Let's just go on. I like Pink says, real Christians need no placards on their backs or buttons on their coat lapels in order to inform their fellows that they belong to the Lord Jesus. Your life should shout. There's something different about him or her. It should they reviled not only the man, but also reviled the master in 29, John 9, 29, if you would there. It says, we know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Er, lie, liar. Because it says back earlier on, it says, I said in the same book, we know this man whence he is. Now they're saying, we know not from whence he is. Oh, we got a video recording of you saying you knew where he's from. Now you're saying you don't know where he's from. Which is it? I think down deep, they knew. And we know some of them did because there was a minority, at least two, on this Sanhedrin, Pharisee-type people that Arimathea and Nicodemus who received Christ. I think that in the heart of hearts, I think they probably were afraid. In their own estimation, Moses stood next to God. Matter of fact, God has spoken to Moses. Their oral law was supposed to have been given to Moses. We know the law, Ten Commandments, etc., was given to Moses. They looked, at, they looked with disdain at the man before them. We can imagine their lips were curling. The determination, the deliberation, and starting in 30, the declaration, the man answered and said to them, Why, here is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is. It hath opened mine eyes. Astonishment. Why, a marvelous thing. But you know not from whence he is. My eyes are open. It was, it was what we might call today a quantum leap. There were two wonders. The wonder of the miracle and the wonder of the man who had given him his sight. We, we, it's a marvelous thing. You open my eyes and you don't know who he is. And Is this the Christ? I'm thinking he's mine. It doesn't say it there yet. But Now we know that God heareth not sinners. If any man be a worshiper of God, doeth his will, him he heareth. So this man must be from God. The the, the man, the blind man has ascertained that, I believe. He actually was quoting scripture to the uppity. For it says in Proverbs 15, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. And in Psalm 34, The eyes of the Lord upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. So he hears the cry of the righteous. It was salt in the wounds of his enemies, proclaiming these truths to the, the religious elites. 32. There was astonishment. There was assessment. There was assurance. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. The scripture had not recorded such a miracle. We've not read about that, but this is, again, congenital blindness healed the first time. What a mighty God we have. He was not going to cow to the Sanhedrin. And and today, if you hear someone will speak out truth about something, there's such a a firestorm on social media that you'll see often they will recant. How many companies have recanted for a position? Or how many popular people have recanted when they say something that is true, but they become under such, and and it's, 
We think today that persecution is social misconstruction or something. They said something about me on social media. I'm being persecuted. That's not persecution. Listen, get the Voice of the Martyrs magazine. It's free. I get it. You get, I get an email every day, Voice of the Martyrs. You can see people who really are facing persecution. He was a man of God, a man of God who heard, and a man who worshipped God. He was a man from God. That's what his idea, that's what his belief is. The dismissal, 34. Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost not thou teach us? And they cast him out. They were the mighty, mightily miffed ones. Don Johnson, the late Don Johnson from over Siderville, he said, they were up in a miff tree. I'd never heard that before. He said, and so-and-so was in a miff tree. And that means he was unhappy. If you get that's an old expression. Has anybody heard that before? The myth tree, the myth, in the myth tree. I had not either. And, uh, but that means he was unhappy. They were enraged because they had been deflated in their argument by this unlearnedness, the one day seeing man, and they're going. He's telling them what to do. He was with disability, presuming to teach them, the Pharisees, what impertinence dost thou teach us? They had such a hard time with this. How can they? And they cast him out. This riff, raff, rabble, rousing, smart aleck, out with him. Excommunication with you. Cut him off from religious life of the nation. He was going to be a pariah. He was going to be a spiritual leper. And he just got his eyesight. And now he's going to be all these things. Perhaps he'd waited all his life to see the temple. Perhaps he waited all his life to be a part of that. And now, in one singular day, he's going to be excommunicated. I was reading this week, there were two types, two forms of excommunication. The first was a milder one called NIDDUI, uh, which had to stay at least, he had to stay at least six feet away from every other person for a period of 30 days. And as long as you repented of your sin, it'll be over in 30 days. Then there was a much stronger one, which is the one mentioned here, when you're completely cut off from every other Jewish person. It was done through a ceremony, and they have actually some clips from the ceremony, what they would say. They would light a candle, and then the curse was read. Here's an excerpt from some of the curses from the Jewish people for those who were excommunicated. Quoting, Let great and real stripes be upon him, and many and violent diseases and let his star be dark in the clouds, and let him be for indignation, wrath, and anger. Let his silver and gold be given to others. After the curse was read, the candle was blown out, signifying the person was no longer worthy of heavenly light. It is pretty serious stuff for the Jewish person. I mean, you everything you've learned and grown up with, you're going to be out of now. So it was no small thing. It may come to our own country. What are you going to give? What are you willing to? Are you willing to give up everything for the Lord? Are you really willing to do that? Your food, your cars, your house. Are you willing to live on next to nothing, trusting God each day? I tell you one thing: it make us it make us grow spiritually. I will tell you that. It was the, it was the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. It's when we when we when we are when we are persecuted. That's when the church grows. What, 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 a, what a turn of events. You would think that people would be rejoicing. Don't you think there should have been like a parade, uh, the trumpet sounding, hey, hey, so-and-so, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Blitznikov. Uh, he can see now. Let's rejoice and have a great day. God has done something marvelous. You would think that would be the mindset. Well, all the negatives for him was surpassed by the one giant plus he could now see. And finally, as we close, the truthful master. We see identification. 
Jesus heard 35 that had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Thus thou believe on the Son of God. I like with a put insert, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord knows our frame. He knows we're but dust. This man, resilient and mentally alert as he was, was still a man of human fears and failings. Dost thou believe on the Son of God? What a wonderful question. He was not left to wonder about the city alone for very long, for the one person who was very unafraid of the Pharisees contacts him. Matthew Henry says, The great thing which is now required of us, and which will shortly be inquired after concerning us, is our believing on the Son of God, and by this we must stand or fall forever. A famous lady passed away just past Friday, the former president's wife, first wife. The question is not, who was she married to at one time? The question is, do you, did she know Christ? That's the question. Uh, there are people who die, very important people, pass away probably nearly every day and who are very well known. The question is not how much money you left behind, but the question is, did you know the Savior? That's the question for whoever you are. It's, it's, and we're all answering the same question. What did you do with Christ? 36, and he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and is he that talketh with thee the first time ever someone could say, You've seen him. Before, it's like, well, now I'm going to try to draw you a picture mentally. Here we go. There's, no, you've seen him. You can see for yourself. And I trust you have seen for yourself in the Bible that Jesus is the only way, clearly. He's not so much seen with his new eyes, but I like what Philip says. But this he knew. If he lived to be as old as Methuselah, he would never see a more wonderful sight than the face of Jesus. That was Christ. And he said, Lord, I believe and 38, and he worshiped him. Now, there's a very monumental thing that is not even written between 38 and 39. You must consider Jesus allowed it. And there's only one being in all the universe that is deserving of worship, and that is God. So Jesus, right there, without actually saying the words, attributed to him deity. He worshiped. He worshiped. Matthew Henry says, those who believe in him will see all the reason in the world to worship him. Are we worshiping? I trust that we are. Interesting, Butler says, it is strange but true that persecution improves one devotion to Christ. He said, a missionary who labored in communist-controlled countries said that where persecution is evident, where persecution is evident, a room of 150 will hold 150 when crowded, will have 400 in it to gather for a church service where there's persecution, but where persecution is not so evident, a room of 400 will only have 150. You see, the persecution, it, it purifies the church, it does. Identification, then there's condemnation. And Jesus said, for judgment I am coming to this world that they which might see might not, see not might see, and they which might see be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And Jesus said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. What a contrast. If you were truly blind, you would be open to the gospel and understand the gospel. But because you say, We know better, you're blinded and cannot see. So yes, you are spiritually blind, although you're physically able to see. More importantly, you're spiritually blind. Would not see. If that doesn't describe many in our world today, they just will not see. They choose not to see. 
What a contrast between the man born blind who now could see, not just physically but spiritually, and the Pharisees who are leading the nations who have always been able to see most likely physically cannot see spiritually. What a stark contrast. If their eyes had been truly open, they would have been prostrate in the dust before him following the examples of the man who was born blind. The blindness of Israel, by the way, still is there. I mean, they still as a nation have not received Christ as the Messiah. They will at the end of the tribulation time, those seven years, there will be a remnant left who will welcome Jesus as their Messiah. Some have said the seven years of tribulation are just that, to get Israel to the point where they receive Christ as their Messiah. It's not something you take for granted. You might think, well, pastor, I grew up in church. or I've always believed in Jesus. But have you really trusted him personally? Personally. Perhaps you've always tried to obey the Bible's teaching and, and led a moral life, but have you trusted him personally? It was interesting. Spurgeon and the Metropolitan Tabernacle Pulpit publication tells of a preacher who, knew, who he knew who got saved during a message. During the message, a saved person was listening to the congregation and recognized the change in the preacher during the sermon. And he cried out, and during the message, the parsons got converted. Hallelujah! And everybody broke out and cried and praised the Lord, and they all started enjoying the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. The preacher got converted during a sermon. Do you believe in Christ? Will you also be one of his disciples? I don't know how to plead with you more earnestly, gently, strongly, if you do not know Christ. If you don't know him, you need to receive him. It seems as if time is short. Does it not seem like the Lord's coming is, I mean, it's, we're, not listening, we're just listening for the sounds, that trumpet. The signs, the sights are here already. The world is ready for a one-world ruler. We are, a, we are a world looking for some, the answer of someone who will come in with strong authoritative power and take control and resolve the problems and get them. We don't mind coming under your thumb just as long as you give us what we want. We'll, be, we'll gladly obey and we're ready. The, can't you see the world's ready for that? We have all the technology to see the two witnesses raised from the, from the dead. The world wide around now, one person could have with their cell phone and video and watch the two people, the two witnesses raised from the dead in middle tribulation, and the world can see it. <laughs> There's nothing has to happen before Christ comes back to for his church. Are you ready? Let us pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Lord, as we think about this blind man, what a resilient man he was just the same day of his healing he's met with the religious leaders who are grilling him and yet he responds so clearly biblically and then worships by verse 38 he's worshiping you lord we in our congregation this morning perhaps there are those who have understand the scripture and and, and they've been good and they're, and they're moral people for the most part they're pretty good people and, and they think that they, they they've done enough it's not enough. You can never do enough on your own. You must confess, repent, and receive forgiveness for your sin. Lord, I pray that you speak to hearts. We are a country, a nation, a world that needs you. And Lord, to, to, to live in this world as it is now without you by our side, moment by moment, I, I don't see how people do it, but they do. Lord, help us to uh, walk with you each day. I ask all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.